Today we discuss the history of Bigfoot, aka the Honey Island Swamp Monster, aka Skunk Ape, aka, well you get the picture. We'll begin by discussing the origins of the Bigfoot story, including how it came to be known as Bigfoot. We'll also talk about the famed Patterson-Gimlin film, and review several alleged encounters and scientific studies exploring these elusive cryptids. Is this all one big hoax? Listen and decide for yourself. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you're not familiar with the wood booger of Virginia or the folk monster of Arkansas, stick around. Just like barbecue and semen, Bigfoot comes in a multitude of regional flavors and varieties. This is Necronomapod. I think it's a Sasquatch. It was a bluebird January morning here in the foothills of Northeast Provo when a group of guys saw a figure on the mountain that looked like something they've never seen before. You can't just see something that's maybe a once in a century discovery and go do your nine to five job. You gotta go look for fur or footprints or some kind of evidence. And the camera was rolling as Austin took to the mountain with a buddy on a search for the elusive Bigfoot. So I'm seeing something that is not deer tracks anymore. We're trying to determine what it, what, what it is. Their findings were inconclusive. Was it a bear? Maybe. That's plausible. Was it a person? Also plausible. Was it something else? I think that's also plausible. Who knows? I can't help but notice that uh, we're about to cover Bigfoot and there's only three of us in studio. Yeah. We did not get Baker Mayfield as we had hoped. Well, the invitation probably got lost in the mail, you know. <laughs> Those things happen. With all the stickers we send out. <laughs> uh, so I guess we'll just do our best and go along without him, without his wealth of knowledge. Well, he's getting ready to beat the Steelers twice this season and go on to the Super Bowl, so he's probably a little busy right now. How about that, Ian? <laughs> One season where they kick your butt. <laughs> I know. That's how it always is. That was how it was back in, uh, wasn't it Derek Anderson? Wasn't he the quarterback when they beat the Steelers last time? One of the last times? Before this last year? There was yeah. like, it was probably about eight or nine years ago, but wasn't there like a Thursday night game that Pittsburgh needed to win to get in the playoffs and the Browns beat them? And yeah, it was like, awesome. Yeah. I remember that, <laughs> that game. That was our Super Bowl win. Yeah. <laughs> we were like 3-13, and 13, but we, we beat Pittsburgh on national television in prime time to stop them from going to the Super Bowl. And it's, it's the greatest Browns win of my life. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> that is what we have as Browns fans. Every time it happens, though. That's all I need. Like everybody, for, until the like, next year shits on it until the next season happens. And it's like 56 to 4. <laughs> yeah. Yes, 4. The Browns got two safeties. Um, we're not going, not doing sports talk nope. with uh, Davey and Mike. We're not going down that road. Anyways, no Baker Mayfield. We tried. What can you do? He's busy. Maybe we'll hit him up this week. Maybe he can promote the show for us. There you, there you go. go. That'd be all right. But anyways, this is going to be a fun one. This is one. This Bigfoot has been bumped since like December. He's been like loosely on our calendar to do. And then he gets bumped and then bumped again. And Why is that? Jeffrey Epstein goes five parts and he gets bumped again. And <laughs> it's always like something goes long or we... Mm. we Something comes up and we decide like there's always if we're going to replace one, it ends up being him. Not this time. Showing some respect now. That's very disrespectful to get bounced week after week. Would you have ever thought, you guys, when we started this in January of 2019, that it would be June of 2021 before we talked about Bigfoot? <laughs> That's a long time. That's a great question. Two and a half years to get to Bigfoot. And in two and a half years, we still haven't done 
Ted Bundy. Oh, we did a great show on Ted Bundy. It's available on Patreon. It's fantastic. We haven't done. Who's the other big one we haven't done? Isn't there? Uh, um, I don't know. Oh, okay. Israel well, Keys. Everybody well, asked for. Great. You fucking pissed them off again. <laughs> well, they shouldn't have cheated, right? They would have already had it. You know, people have actually stopped asking. We haven't had many. Um, probably because we've told people, yeah, we're going to do him. Yeah. Relax about it. Uh, he's, you know, he's still probably the number one requested overall in the in the long term. But people have settled their tea kettles with that. Charles Manson. Yeah, that, that's the one him. I think where I was thinking of. Maybe yeah. it was him. I haven't done him. So I don't know. We're good at stretching things out. Obviously, Bigfoot's been kicked <laughs> since, you know, kicked around for six months. So, OK, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> We just skip them right now. That's our Bigfoot show. (laughs) Suck it, Bigfoot. You're not even worth the show. (laughs) Hell no. If I have to walk home later, who knows what the fuck's going to come after me. That's the only time I do believe in Bigfoot. I'm like George Costanza. I only believe in him for the bad things. He's going to come eat me in the middle of the road. Um, How funny would that be, though, Bigfoot, actually? Like, that's when we find Bigfoot when he attacks Mike on his way home one night. What are the odds of that? Well, I'd be famous, I guess, then, right? You guys he could, rips off one of his arms and beats him to death with it. You guys could take this podcast to new heights at that point. The night they covered Bigfoot, little did they know they would become victims of. So, yeah, well. I'm still processing the visual of Bigfoot tearing your arm off at the shoulder. You can, you can make shirts that say we used to be a three-man show, but Bigfoot killed our co-host. And have like just like a torn off arm or something. That's pretty funny. Yeah. All right, maybe. We All right, sorry for laughing at your the expense of your life. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> the the one who doubted Bigfoot existed yeah. attacked. So I don't know. All right, well let's dive into him before we decide to cancel him again. <laughs> In 1958, a guy named Jerry Cruz was working in construction, driving a bulldozer in Humboldt County, California. While doing a job in the Six Rivers National Forest, he found 16-inch human-like footprints in the mud. He told some co-workers about the tracks, and Jerry started hearing other stories of people finding similar tracks and a 450-pound oil drum being moved with no one knowing how it was moved. All right, so this is where the official legend of Bigfoot starts, about 60 years ago. Yeah, this I is when I thought it, it went back farther. Okay. Widespread. Yeah. The guys working on the site jokingly started calling whatever made the tracks Bigfoot. But when there was a night that there were a ton of tracks all over the site, they got freaked out and contacted Andrew Genzoli from the Humboldt Times newspaper. Genzoli wrote an article after interviewing the men And in this article, he used their nickname, Bigfoot. They also had plaster casts made of the prints with a picture of the men on the front page using the name Bigfoot. This article spread nationwide and gave birth to the modern idea and name of Bigfoot. I feel like the guy that named Bigfoot should probably have a statue somewhere. Yeah. It's like a hero, right? Some simple, tasteful, elegant. I named Bigfoot. Why don't you design it? (laughs) Start a... uh... Start like a uh, GoFundMe. GoFundMe to get a statue of the guy that coined yeah. the term Bigfoot. Sure, It'd be a fun project. I'm going to do that. <laughs> We're going to do that tomorrow. So this is your summer project. Yeah, that's my new thing. You know what else? Before we get started, I want to point out Humboldt County. That's where that whole Murder Mountain uh, 
Netflix documentaries from mm-hmm. Humboldt County you know, on the weed growers and disappearances and all that. Yeah. So maybe it's actually Bigfoot. Maybe. Maybe there's a tie in here. We watched that documentary. Yeah. What was it? It was called, it was Sasquatch something, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's very little Bigfoot. to do with Sasquatch. Yeah. No, 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 kind of took a turn there. <laughs> First 10 minutes is about Bigfoot. And that is it. (laughs) Did it go into the whole Murder Mountain thing? It went into like some, uh, like two unsolved murders that the guy doesn't even really know if they actually happened or not, kind of. That makes it hard to investigate. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a good documentary, though. It's good. It's just not what I expected. Yeah. But it was the same thing. A lot of Bigfoot sightings in uh, big weed fields and stuff. Bigfoot just wanted to do a weed. <laughs> Humboldt County, from what I was reading, too, is like the considered the Bigfoot capital of the world as far as sightings are concerned. It's interesting. Yeah. What if people are more prone to seeing the Bigfoot when they live where <laughs> the Bigfoot originated from? Maybe. Just throwing out questions. I'm, a, I'm just We're asking. Just throwing out questions. I don't have here. all the answers. Sometimes I have questions. There's going to be a lot more uh, questions and answers in this one. <laughs> Kind of like, you know, the last three weeks with Jack the Ripper. As well. <laughs> what are you going to do? Throughout time, names for Bigfoot have become largely regional. In Canada, the name Sasquatch is widely used, while in the U.S., both the names and what it looks like uh, depend on region. Uh, other names include Skunk Ape in Florida and other southern states, Grassman in Ohio. That's not great. No, that's weak. More Ohio weak sauce. Grass man. Yeah, that's lame. That's like a guy like in a grass suit running around or something. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Now that I'm intrigued by. <laughs> I'll do an episode on that. Folk monster in Arkansas. Wood booger in Virginia. The monster of Whitehall in Whitehall, New York. Momo in Missouri. Honey Island, Honey Island Swamp Monster in Louisiana, Dewey Lake Monster in Michigan, Magolan Monster in Arizona, and Big Muddy Monster in Southern Illinois. I looked up the Arkansas one because it's spelled F-O-U-K-E. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I hope this is the fuck monster, but no. <laughs> it's folk Arkansas, not fuck Arkansas. It's quite an interesting list of names. My personal favorite is the Honey Island Swamp Monster. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. There are some instances where the name Bigfoot has been used throughout history. In the 1830s, a Wyandotte chief was nicknamed Bigfoot because of the size of his feet. William A.A. Wallace, a 19th century Texas Ranger, was nicknamed Bigfoot due to his large feet. And today there is a Bigfoot Texas named after him. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Hmm. See, he got his he got a city, Dave. Yeah. Just, we for, just for his guy, big feet. We got to yeah. get you guys, your guy a statue. Just that. I think so. What if a city's like, all right, we'll give him like a 12 inch statue. It'll sit on our, mayor, <laughs> our mayor's desk. Nope. Would you accept it? No, nope, that's unacceptable. All right. It's got to be like in the town square area to garner enough, uh, enough of a level of we respect. We should get one in our town square just for him. Regionally, it makes no sense, but we should just do it. <laughs> should we do it here? We'll Put honor the guy in our town. We could do that. Oh, that's no, because they'd be like, project. fuck that. It's Grassman. It's not Bigfoot. <laughs> I think there's some staunch Grassman Ohio We don't recognize here. the term Bigfoot. It's Grassman. <laughs> Grassman sounds like some really shitty superhero. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Terrible. Unless grass it's like a cool man. superhero and it's like he just gets high, smokes grass all day. He does a grass. <laughs> Grassman. And he's just like, he shows up late because he's just baked. 
Right, you're convincing <laughs> me now. And then in the it's movie, better. in the movie, he's played by Snoop Dogg. So it's perfect. <laughs> Grass man. Lakota tribe leader Spotted Elk was also called Chief Bigfoot. In the late 19th and early 20th centuries, at least two abnormally large grizzly bears were frequently reported in the newspapers. Uh, the first grizzly bear was called Bigfoot and was reportedly killed near Fresno, California in 1895 after killing sheep for 15 years. He had a good run. 15 good years out there. Like just chowing down, <laughs> lamb chops every night. Just <laughs> fucking up people's farms for 15 years. Uh, his weight estimated at 2,000 pounds. In the second one that was always written about and referred to as Bigfoot sometimes lived in Idaho in the 1890s and 1900s. And because of its size, there was some like supernatural powers attached to it in the folklore. Supernatural. Oh, 2,000 pound bear they can't find for 15 fucking years? <laughs> Jesus. He's a ghost, man. Eats that sheep and runs. 15 years. They got him. They got him. <laughs> He's hibernating for a quarter of the time, right? Well, that'd be the time to get him, sneak up on him. Mm, it's pretty cowardly. I don't know. <laughs> Getting him while he's hibernating is pretty weak. You want to challenge him to a duel? <laughs> have a fair fight, no? Sure. All right. I mean, I'd watch that. I would not be a part of it. Sometimes I wish uh, these big game hunters, they made it a little bit more fair. Like, you know, notify the, uh, the animal you're sneaking up on it. Give it a chance to charge you or attack you. That's the show I would watch. Yeah. Big game hunters getting fucked up, yeah. or just oh, like yeah. no, and maybe not fucked up, but like one on one, like a fair fight, you know. So them maybe getting fucked up. Hey, I'm, maybe some of them are good. I don't know. Like when they go out to hunt elephants, we'll secretly replace their rifle with a wood one, and then watch as the elephants trample them. Like that'd be sweet. <laughs> I'd love that. Yeah. I'd watch that every day. See, new reality show. We just made it up. <laughs> Put the guy uh, from Jimmy John's on there first. There you go. Wow, that's right. He's into that, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm down. Make it happen, Mike. All right. Uh, you work on your statue. I'll work on okay. the, this new show. <laughs> a lot of things cooking. Guess I'm going to have a conversation with the mayor next week. <laughs> hey, uh, Mary, I got something for you. Uh, hear me out. I know he's grass man to all of uh, you guys, but uh, we just did a show on Bigfoot. You might have heard of us, Necronomapod. Pretty famous show around Cleveland. Baker Mayfield is loosely attached. Uh, I want a statue for the guy who invented, who came up with the term Bigfoot. They're Jerry like, Cruz. Doesn't his name Jerry Cruz? The mayor like starts buzzing his security button to like get you out of his office. Anthropologists and historians have pointed out that before the name Bigfoot got popular, um, and had this catch-all name, legends of large man-like creatures have existed in tons of different cultures. Many historians have made the argument that humans as a whole just thrive on having local legends or like larger-than-life creatures mm. and stuff. That means he's real, Mike. I that proves that's, it. That's, I accept this. Okay, fine. <laughs> All right. Part two next week. <laughs> On the Tool River Indian Reservation. You're a Tool River. <laughs> <laughs> reservation in california petroglyphs at a site called painted rock are believed to show a group of bigfoots that people that live in that area have nicknamed the family the local tribes people 
called the largest of the glyphs, Hairy Man, and they are estimated to be between 500 and 1,000 years old. That's about what we estimate Dave's age, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's not even physically possible, Mike. In 1847, there were reported stories by natives about skookums, a race of cannibalistic wild men living on the peak of Mount St. Helens in southern Washington state. Is that what your wife calls you, Mike? Skookums? <laughs> skookums. No, I skookums. Who's a good boy today? Skookums. That's absurd. Come to bed, skookums. Now this, though, is interesting. A race of cannibalistic wild men. Yeah, like, why doesn't cool shit like that happen today? It might. There's missing 411. Yeah, maybe nobody yeah. makes it back from meeting them. All right, fair enough. Also related to this area was an alleged incident in 1924 where a violent encounter between a group of miners and a group of, quote, ape men occurred. These allegations were reported in the July 16th, 1924 issue of the Oregonian and have become popular in Bigfoot lore. This area is now referred to as Ape Canyon. I want to hear about some more violent encounters with ape men. Sounds scary. Interesting news. President Theodore Roosevelt, in his 1893 book, The Wilderness Hunter, wrote about a story he was told by an elderly mountain man named ba- that he called Bauman. See, he's talking about people who I think stand a chance big game hunting. Teddy Roosevelt will throw down with some animals. A lot of animals. They don't make tough men like that anymore. <laughs> they don't? No. I, I don't think so. A bunch of beta cucks now, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt was a badass with that oh, stuff. That's true. I don't support necessarily what he did, but still like that guy will run the country and then also kick your ass after dinner and then go have a scotch and write a book. (laughs) So the story he was told uh, was one where a bad smelling bipedal creature ransacked his beaver trapping camp, stalked him and later became hostile when this creature killed his friend by breaking his neck near the Idaho Montana border. President Roosevelt noted that Bauman seemed uh, really scared when he was telling a story, but said that he thought it was Bauman's folklore from Germany that had just influenced the story. Mm. Well, if the president says so, then I think this is a hoax. <laughs> really? <laughs> Incidentally, Beaver tra- Trapping Camp, that was the name of Mike's room in college. <laughs> Can confirm. It was copyrighted for a time. It was a robot. <laughs> he had beavers mounted all over the walls, right? Like yeah. It was above the door, beaver trapping camp. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan of hunting beavers back then. <laughs> it's going to be one of those episodes where people are like, I can't follow the story. There's too many fucking sidebars. Now I'm just laughing about the Larry Flint thing. With Casey show show your beaver. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Is that what you will always associate beaver with now? Larry Flint. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll him on a beaver Look at the beaver. I used to have a beaver hunt at beaver. People could send a picture of their beaver and put it in the beaver hunt section of the magazine. <laughs> Smell a new shirt, beaver hunt. Just a little cartoon picture of a beaver. This is a big, big hairy beaver in the 70s when we started the magazine. Dave's favorite. Larry Flint, thank you for joining us. 
Get back to your grave. <laughs> as far as what people report as behavior of Bigfoot varies a lot of times. Some of these include repeated knocking sounds that would be made by rocks or logs. And in the Bigfoot world, they're commonly called wood knocking as well as rock throwing. In some reports, small trees have been bent, pulled out of the ground or stacked in patterns like like they were weaved or crisscrossed, which some researchers think that it's like a potential territorial marking. Some instances have also included full deer skeletons being hung high up in trees. Ooh, that's creepy. Yeah. And they think that's like a territory thing too, like warning. I would turn around. Warning other Bigfoots. Like, hey, this is my domain. Mm, I didn't even think of that. Like drug dealers, like don't cross it or shit's going to pop off. (laughs) (laughs) Or is it warning us? I mean, because like we don't understand it. Maybe it's Bigfoot. Shit's going to pop off. Shit's going to pop off real quick. You guys aren't from the streets like me. That's how we talk. You know. Fair enough. That's just how we talk in the clink. (laughs) The majority of sightings are reported to occur at night, contributing to the idea that Bigfoot might be nocturnal. There's a lot of mainstream scientists who believe in Bigfoot, but they don't go for this whole nocturnal thing because all known apes, including humans, are not nocturnal mammals. You only see primates living a nocturnal lifestyle that are like the smaller ones and I guess less evolved compared to a you know, a gorilla or orangutan or something. That makes sense. It would be unusual for them to be nocturnal. Okay. I get it. Another popular trait of Bigfoot sightings is that they are almost always seen alone. There are some reports of groups of Bigfoots being seen, but largely sightings are just one Bigfoot. I'm very upset that it's Bigfoots and not just Big Feet. Like, <laughs> it's, hey, look it at that. Sounds look, real at that dumb. <laughs> look at that gaggle of Big Feet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. Or what is it, Dave? Like you said with Jacks the Ripper, Big's foot. <laughs> Big's foot. <laughs> Look at all this Big's foot over there. <laughs> all right. Well, it is what it is. So how do they procreate? Maybe they're uh, like amoebas. They split in half. If we only see one at a time. Or does Mrs. Bigfoot just stay home Do they barefoot procreate? And pregnant? Maybe when needed, they slip through the dimensions oh. and come in. Boom. Mike just threw out dimensions. He didn't know what the fuck he's talking about, but he threw it out there. Bigfoots are said to make howls, moans, grunts, whistles, and even some form of a language has been reported, like the sounds that we played in. Like these kind of sounds in or something different. Now I'm thinking about Larry Flint during sex. (laughs) That wasn't a challenge, Dave. You don't have to do it. That's how I'm like trying to think like, oh, shit, how do I do this? One? That's just now when I'm thinking that gross, disgusting. How are you going to peg me if I'm sitting in my wheelchair? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Quick, Ian, move on. He can't. He's trying to regain his composure over there. He's uh, like a little flush. So we, we played those uh, that tape in Missing 401 Part 2. And on that one, we brought up the fact that someone had looked at it. The U.S. Navy guy had looked at that. And um, it was analyzed by retired U.S. Navy cryptologic linguist Scott Nelson. He said, quote, it's definitely a language. It's definitely not human in origin. And it could not have been faked. That audio is scary. Yeah. Scared a lot of listeners from what I recall. I saw a lot of comments on that. uh, 
freaked them out. Should we play it again for him? I don't have it ready. <laughs> Just let you kind of work yourself out of that one, dude. <laughs> I was pretty scared. Like I'd be scared shitless if I was out in the uh, oh, yeah. in a tent at night listening to that. Yeah. So we think there's a connection here with Bigfoot four and one. I kind of think it's all wrapped up together somehow. I mean, the majority of people think that those tapes are Bigfoot. Mm. Like, Do you guys remember? And I know we talked about it on one other show since, but. One of the Art Bell calls we had during our Patreon Halloween tribute to Art Bells, the guy was in his camper and he kept hearing loud thuds outside yeah. like all night long. And in the morning, like so he just like hunkered down with like his gun. And in the morning, he woke up It opened well, not woke up. He got out of his trailer and it was surrounded by boulders in a big circle. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't even know what you do, man. Terrifying. And that's what I remember. Say, Art though. Bell was freaked out by that. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, man. He probably went through like five Virginia Slims during that story. <laughs> or whatever he smoked. I like to think they're long ones. Yeah. I could see him smoking like a misty menthol or yeah, something. Like a 120 or something yeah. like that. Misty menthol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like funny. we're insulting him a little bit here. The ideas of what Bigfoot would eat is pretty debated in the Bigfoot world. Most mainstream scientists say that it's unlikely that an actively breeding population of Bigfoots would be able to survive in North American forests because great apes historically only do well in tropics like Africa and Asia. Others argue that Bigfoots would be more like humans and their diet would be opportunistic, like their diet would adjust to whatever was available to them. My diet's opportunistic. I eat every fucking opportunity I get. <laughs> According to legends and accounts, Bigfoots eat roots, berries, nuts, fruit, fungi, salmon, and other fish, small mammals like rabbit and squirrel, birds, and sometimes deer or elk. There have also been reports of Bigfoot stealing livestock. In 2016, Centralia? Centralia College anthropology professor Mitchell Townsend presented forensic research at the 69th Annual Anthropology Research Conference in Tacoma, Washington, that he and his team completed after studying three different sets of bones that were preyed on and recovered near Mount St. Helens. The claim was that bite marks found on the bones provided evidence of a large unknown hominid having made them. I wonder how legit that is. It sounds like the most legit of anything we're going to talk about. <laughs> I saw Centralia. Understatement. <laughs> I saw Centralia College. I wonder where that sounds like. Does that that's that town in in Pennsylvania that's on fire? They can't have a college there. So I looked at Tim Washington State though. <laughs> the most popular sighting you hear about was the sighting filmed by Roger Patterson and Robert Gimlin in 1967. I mean. Like anybody who's ever seen anything about Bigfoot has seen this video. Has Mike ever seen this video? I have. Wow. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. And I laugh every time. <laughs> it's pre CGI, pal. I get it. <laughs> and it shows. <laughs> Just watching the Bigfoot and it walk and like turn around. And it's like, oh my God, this is fucking absurd. <laughs> And people laugh at me for watching pro wrestling. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This video is always referred to as the Patterson Gimlin film. Um, and honestly, that that film could be a whole episode in and of itself. 
Oh, Mike would love, love to do that one. <laughs> That'd be a fun one. There are so many different people that have analyzed that. And I want to do a, so much that goes into that. For so. Patreon, maybe Mystery Science Theater style. And I want us to watch it. And like we can pause it and like circle things. And be like, now notice this and look at this. That'd be fun. Yeah. But to sum it up. In the early afternoon on Friday, October 20th, 1967, Patterson and Gimlin were riding northeast on horseback along the east bank of Bluff Creek in Humboldt County, California. At some time between 1.15 p.m. and 1.40 p.m., they, quote, came to an overturned tree with a large root system at a turn in the creek, almost as high as a room. I swear, back in Humboldt County, yep. about 10 years later from where it originated, it's kind of people out there might be inclined to do stuff <laughs> about Bigfoot or <laughs> to see the Bigfoot more than other regions of the country. When they got around it, quote, there was a log jam, a crow's nest, left over from the flood of 64. And then they spotted the figure behind it almost immediately. It was either, quote, crouching beside the creek to their left or, quote, standing there on the opposite bank. Gimlin later described himself as in a, quote, mild state of shock after seeing the the figure. He's like, we're really doing this? (laughs) He's like, God damn it. Bob really put the suit on. Look at him. (laughs) Well, spoiler alert, Dave. (laughs) Patterson first estimated its height as 6'6 six, six to 7 feet uh, and later raised his estimate to about 7'6. That's That makes for a better story. <laughs> it was 9'12, I tell you. 9'12. Gimlin's estimate has always stayed at 6 feet. Well, that's a big difference. The film shows what Patterson and Gimlin claimed was a large, hairy, bipedal, ape-like figure with short quote, silvery brown, darkish red brown or black hair covering most of its body. So literally any hair color that we (laughs) know on animals. (laughs) It was something like that. And he stood between four feet and eight feet tall. (laughs) And the the hair (laughs) covered everything, including what they said were obvious breasts. So a female. Obviously. Mm. Hubba hubba. I'm listening. (laughs) This just turned into paranormal erotica. I thought Mrs. Bigfoot stayed at home barefoot and pregnant like the good Lord intended. More of that every month on Bible Babble with your pal Dave. You just dropped a Bible Babble this past week. Yeah. Getting good reviews. People are excited every yeah, month. I don't know. It's a little silly, but. <laughs> they they wanted it. They got it. Well, we're, hey, we're only halfway through the year, pal. <laughs> you got six more to crank out. 2021, uh, putting that bad boy to bed at the end of the year, I think. <laughs> oh, are we making an official announcement here? <laughs> no, this, no. Is, this is the season premiere and season finale of Bible Babble. It's only so much material there. <laughs> All right. You only go to the well so many times. Well, you know what? We'll come up with something fun for 2022. There you go. Yeah. We'll give Ian another show to do. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't do enough throughout the week on the research. Patterson estimated that he was about 25 feet away from the Bigfoot and said his horse reared up like it was sensing the Bigfoot there. And he spent about 20 seconds getting himself off the saddle, controlling his horse, getting around to its other side and getting and getting his camera from a saddlebag before he could run toward the figure and start working his camera. He yelled, quote, cover me to Gimlin, which meant get the gun out. Gimlin crossed the creek on horseback after Patterson had ran past it 
riding on a path to the left of Patterson's. Then with his gun, he got off the horse, but did not point his rifle at the Bigfoot. Because he might have accidentally shot his friend. Like, <laughs> wouldn't be good, right? <laughs> Taking this prank a little too far. The Bigfoot walked away from them about 120 feet away before Patterson began to run after it. The film is pretty shaky until Patterson got about 80 feet from the Bigfoot. At that point, the Bigfoot looked over its right shoulder at them and Patterson fell to his knees. Patterson would later say that Bigfoot's expression was one of, quote, contempt and disgust. You know how it is when the Empire tells you one more word and you're out of the game. That's the way it felt. <laughs> Must have been his wife playing Bigfoot then. <laughs> Like, I'm trying to think of this as like if Bigfoot was real and he's just looking at them like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, just leave me alone. I could slaughter you right now. Yeah, really? You're running after me? Yeah. Let see me these be- paws of mine? Just <laughs> see these breasts? These succulent Bigfoot breasts? He's like, I'm a male and I have to walk around with these breasts all day, okay? It's not easy. I'm not in a good mood. My back is with always sore. <laughs> I don't get to wear shoes because I have big feet, obviously. (laughs) Fuck out of here, assholes. Now, I would watch that video repeatedly. (laughs) Bigfoot turns into like a Karen and just starts bitching at him. (laughs) Apologies to all you Karens out there. Shortly after this point, the steady middle portion of the film begins containing the famous look back frame. Patterson said, quote, It turned a total of, I think, three times. Shortly after looking over its shoulder on film, the Bigfoot disappeared behind some trees for 14 seconds, then reappears in the film's final 15 seconds. After Patterson moved 10 feet to get a better view, it fades out into the trees again and being lost to view at a distance of 265 feet as the reel of film ran out. You better come pick me up. (laughs) I'm done with your stupid jokes. Patterson then got his second roll of film from his saddlebag and filmed the Bigfoot's tracks. Then the men tracked it for another couple miles, but quote, lost it in heavy undergrowth. They went to their campsite three miles south, picked up plaster, returned to the initial site, measured the creature's step length, and made two plaster casts. One each of the best quality right and left prints. Dave's a big fan of heavy undergrowths. <laughs> Our mutual friend. Our mutual friend. <laughs> no, it's better than Dave. <laughs> heavy undergrowths and crusty buttholes. Ugh. Count him in. Jesus. You must made me throw up on air last week for that shit. <laughs> That's right. He took his headphones off so he couldn't hear me anymore. I'm sitting three feet away from him. That's, that's when you said they didn't have to wipe because someone oh, would lick it. We, oh, come on. I forgot about that. Oh. That's what got him. Oh, that's going to get me now. Now you're making him, now you're making him sick. Patterson capitalized on publicity from the film while Gimlin only briefly helped to promote the film in public. Um, and he pretty much avoided discussing this publicly for years. He turned down multiple requests to be interviewed. He later reported that he had avoided publicity after Patterson and this guy who was promoting it named Al Diatli had broken their agreement to pay him one third shares of any profit that was made from the film. 
another factor to him not speaking was that his wife did not want any publicity. Yeah, that'll do it. He's probably just embarrassed, right? His buddy, they probably drank it all day, talked him into doing this. He's like, asshole. And he sobered up. I don't want any part of this. He was on that Sasquatch documentary. Remember? When like, In the, like the... 15 minute total that the first spent. 15 minutes yeah. when they were talking about bigfoot okay yeah i think that's one of his only i guess so I did he seem that. into it he said it's all true he said mm-hmm. people can say whatever they want but it's true okay there there's people <laughs> it depends kinda, on your definition of true <laughs> <laughs> there's i mean people are split on this even you know very qualified people to yeah. look at video and how uh hominid like that would walk and things some people smarter people than you believe it mike scientists in fact (laughs) alas there's the next paragraph (laughs) in 2002 philip morris owner of morris costumes claimed he made a gorilla costume that was used in the patterson film (laughs) what what skip this part (laughs) morris said he discussed his role in the hoax at quote costume conventions, lectures, and magician conventions. In is he is he still alive? Yeah, he was on that documentary too. Remember? Oh. Yeah, he. Was, I didn't know these people at the time, so like yeah. it didn't. Now you know, hearing the whole story, it makes more sense. Yeah, like they show Gimlin saying that it's real, and then they show that guy saying, "No, I gave them that suit. <laughs> like I made that shit." Man, I don't remember that part. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch this. Uh, Dave, they need to get him at Cinema Wasteland. I'd go listen to that. I'd like to hear that. Sure. I mean, great story. Maybe he could actually bring like a mock-up of the suit or something. We could go out in the woods and try it on <laughs> and see how it looks. I'd do Recreate that. Recreate the yeah. film. Hell yeah. You and Ian shoot and I'll walk and I'll look at you all Karen like <laughs> and sassy. Give us the can I speak to the manager look as you turn back. Right. <laughs> Just hold up my receipt and then keep walking. <laughs> <laughs> so he, ta- he talked about this publicly, like we said these conventions and different things. Um, but he first like really publicly addressed it on August 16th, 2002 on Charlotte, North Carolina radio station, WBT. His story was also printed in the Charlotte observer. And he claimed that he didn't want to expose the hoax earlier in fear of harming his business, which makes sense. Yeah. They'd be like, Hey asshole. Why'd you have to blow it up? I'm not yeah. coming to your store anymore. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was 35 years later, though. I waited a long fucking time. Yeah. He keeps kayfabe. <laughs> yeah. Morris said that he sold the gorilla suit to Patterson through mail order in 1967, thinking it was going to be used in what Patterson described to him as a, quote, prank. After the sale, Morris said that Patterson called him asking how to make the, quote, shoulders more massive and, quote, arms longer. Morris said that he told them whoever wore the suit should wear football shoulder pads and hold sticks in his hands underneath the suit. Smart. <laughs> Look, fucking with people will never not be fun. Let's just leave it well, at that. <laughs> if you could pull off a fucking genius hoax like this, I would. it would be awesome. I agree. And I would go down with the ship, too, just like these guys. Well, yeah. Uh, Morris has gone on to say, quote... The Bigfoot researchers say that no human can walk that way in the film. Oh, yes, they can. <laughs> when you're wearing long clown's feet, you can't place the ball of your foot down first. You have to put your foot down flat. Otherwise, you'll stumble. Another thing, when you put on the gorilla head, you can only turn your head maybe a quarter of the way. And to look behind you, you've got to turn your head and your shoulders and your hips. 
Plus, the shoulder pads in the suit are in the way of the jaw. That's why the Bigfoot turns and looks the way he does in the film. He has to twist his entire upper body. He makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, it, it adds up in my opinion. You can't deny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think old Philly might have a might have a valid uh, story here. Oh man. <laughs> Gimlin seemed credible though in that documentary. Like he didn't mm. seem, you know, it wasn't uh, any outrageous claims or anything. Mm. He was just. Do you think he got paid though to like just like they were like, hey, we'll pay you a few extra thousand dollars to do this Maybe. and just play it up. And he's like, all right, Maybe. well, I'm not going to get any more paydays out of this. I might as well. Yeah. But I would never blow up the hoax, though. Just sitting there, you know, as you're, as you're, you're getting well, Philip old. Philip Morris already ruined it for you. <laughs> yeah. that Still, you're going down with the ship, though. No one's ever definitively proven you wrong. Philip Morris? Never heard of her. <laughs> the cigarette guy? <laughs> Fuck, I hate cigarettes. No. Please, everyone smoked back then. <laughs> Kids smoked back then. We'll be right back. The next popular Bigfoot story is the Minnesota Iceman and this is one that actually when I think of Bigfoot this is the first one I think of just from Unsolved Mysteries as a kid Uh, this was the complete dead body of a male hominid preserved in ice and taken around the United States in 1968 as part of a traveling sideshow belonging to a guy named Frank Hansen keep in mind it's a year after the Patterson Gimlin film (laughs) (laughs) interesting the body was brought to attention of cryptozoologist Ivan Sanderson and Bernard Hoovelman by a guy named Terry Cullen. Cullen said he had seen the body at the International Livestock Exposition Annual Fair in Chicago. Frank Hansen, who was running the show, claimed that he was only the temporary handler of the body and that it belonged to an undisclosed owner. At one time, Hansen claimed that the body had been discovered floating in a block of ice off the Siberian coast by a Russian seal hunting boat. Later, he said that a Japanese whaling ship found the body and then further went on to change his story and then and said it had been found in a deep freeze facility in Hong Kong. At least he's consistent. <laughs> uh, uh, he changed the story again and said it had been shot on a hunting trip in the Whiteface Reservoir area of Minnesota. And, but for all these stories, the most popular idea where the body came from is that it was found in a Vietnam and flown to the United States in a body bag. Hoovelman got this idea from a story of a quote, huge ape killed in Da Nang, da Nang in Da Nang, Vietnam in 1966. And supposedly this is close to where Frank Hansen had been stationed during the war. It's all adding up on my, yeah, <laughs> I think I believe this one 100 percent. I think <laughs> all in. I think Frank Hansen was Chris Hansen's father. Do you know that? Stop that. <laughs> no Hansen, whatever. Might have been. <laughs> so, Dad, you say you have this body. Why don't you take a seat over here? <laughs> Sanderson and Hoovelman examined the body in December 1968 at Frank Hansen's home, where it was being stored for the winter. Both became convinced that it was real, so much so that they prepared detailed illustrations and planned to have the creature described in a technical literature publication. So according to them, the body was of a large male with a thick neck and large hands and feet. Its face was broad, flattened, and had a short upturned nose and prominent eyebrows. An eyeball was hanging from one of its sockets, apparently resulting from a gunshot to the back of the head. And a bent forearm was interpreted as evidence of a broken arm. 
Sanderson and Hovelman were really interested in its hands. Its thumb was slendered, tapered, and long. Its nails were flat, yellow, and had the appearance that they were almost manicured. And a heel-like pad was on the palm's outer side. Oh, yeah. Keep talking, baby. (laughs) Nice hand. (laughs) I love the sound of your hand. (laughs) At one point during the examination, the glass over the case cracked and released an odor that they described as decomposing flesh. That doesn't sound pleasant. Hovelman published a 1969 paper on this in a Belgian scientific journal calling it a new species of human genus that he named Homo pongoids, meaning ape-like man. John Napier, a primatologist at the Smithsonian Institute with a serious interest in cryptohominids, was invited to examine the body. He became sure that it was a latex model. Hansen's explanation for this was that he had stopped showing the original in fear of being found guilty <laughs> of killing what might have been a form of human and replaced it with a model. And he's like, oh, you got me, but this isn't the real one. I keep that safe. This is just my traveling one. I believe him. You don't want to get it ruined, take it out on the road. Of course. You're trying to prove its existence. <laughs> Sanderson supported this by saying that the body examined by Napier was obviously different from the original one that he and Hovelman had examined. <laughs> okay. <Obviously. Okay. laughs> it sounds like they didn't, just didn't want to admit that they were, uh, right. that they were duped here. <laughs> the photos show that over the years, the form of the face and body varied somewhat. In some photos, the mouth is closed and in others it's open. <laughs> This has always been thought of as a hoax by pretty by much Mike. Everybody and the rest of the Sanderson world. And <laughs> <right>. <laughs> it actually went up for auction on eBay in 2013, and today it's owned by a guy named Steve Busty of the Museum of Weird in Austin, Texas. And it looks exactly what it was discussed and illustrated by Hoovelman and Sanderson. We'll have to go out and uh, investigate. I would love to go to the Museum of Weird. Austin's a good town, too. Great town. All right. First live show, Austin. I'm going to start. I've said that about 100 times. I'm (laughs) going to say that for every every, uh, town I want to go to. So those are the two most popular Bigfoot sightings I I could think of. Big feet sightings. (laughs) Bigfoots. Well, I mean, it's made up, so we can make call it whatever we want. It's not like it's an official The rules of grammar apply, Mike. Big feet. Change at will. Okay. <laughs> Big's feet. Big's foot. Will you accept that one day? I, I will. Big, Big's I will. foot. <laughs> I will allow it. The Bigfoot community is very much like the UFO one. There's one serious organization called Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, or BFRO. Can we get away? Question. Can we get away with selling BFRO shirts? Don't think so. What if we sell actually BFRO? <laughs> Like B E E F row. Yeah, we I want, could do that. I want beef row shirts. <laughs> Just saying. Is that your favorite acronym? It for is. Group of, so far? Of all of them, including the aliens and MUFON. Wow. And I kept, I New favorite row. tonight. Yeah. Big fan. There's a bunch of smaller ones that people kind of go rogue with their Bigfoot claims. Uh, we're going to get into Tom Biscardi and uh, Gabfro, which I can't remember what Gabfro stands for, but that was one that he created. Mm. Uh, and Beefro gets very angry about that. They're not. They are not happy when they get confused with uh, Gabfro. <laughs> Can you blame them, Ian? Can you blame them? 
I'm going to start my own one of these. I thought we could have one and call it the Bigfoot Observers Nighttime Eyewitness Reconnaissance Syndicate. Boners for sure. <laughs> 100%. And, and like, like they just said with them getting angry about getting confused, uh, there's a lot of drama in, in the Bigfoot world, just like the UFO one. Everybody's fighting with each other. Hard to believe. Such a scientific uh, expedition into uh, trying to figure this out that people would stoop to that sort of infighting. <laughs> the, the Bigfoot community is wild too. Like, watch the reality shows with the uh, the Bigfoot hunters. They get real into it. <laughs> Throw on their camo, they sure get do. guns, start blowing into whistles. Or har- I know one of them. Mm. One of those groups thinks that a harmonica can replicate Bigfoot sounds. Oh, They're out right. there with shotguns and harmonicas blowing them in the woods. I had, I can't... Blowing Bigfoot or the harmonicas? The harmonicas. Okay. <laughs> they would if they could, but they can't, so they... Because I got a blowjob from a Bigfoot hunter one time. It was great. He's a lot of spit. What are you getting sick about well, thanks, over there? Larry. I had, um, I can't remember who it was. But I had friends that uh, they did like a Bigfoot tour in like West Virginia or Virginia or something. And they were like, oh, we don't give a shit. Like they got boozed up beforehand and were just <laughs> dicking around the whole time. And they got yelled at by other people on the tour that are like, you guys need to shut up. Some of us take this stuff seriously. <laughs> like, get fucked. Come on. It's still real to me. Yeah. It's like in the middle of the night. You're on like a guided tour. Like, relax about it. <laughs> So this guy named Tom Biscardi is the CEO of Searching for Bigfoot Incorporated. He went on Coast to Coast AM on July 14, 2005, and said that he was, quote, 98% sure that his group will, would be able to capture a Bigfoot, which they had been tracking in the Happy Camp, California area. A month later, he announced on Coast to Coast that he had access to a captured Bigfoot and was setting up a live stream event for people to see it at the price of $14 per person. He went on Coast to Coast again a few days later to announce that there was no Captain (laughs) Bigfoot. (laughs) Nuh-uh. Oops. Uh, He blamed an unnamed woman for misleading him and said that the show's audience was gullible. (laughs) So this pissed off. Yeah, the audience is the gullible one. Jesus. So this pissed off George Nori, and he demanded that Biscardi refund everyone. Biscardi agreed to refund the people who paid the $14 who had heard him on Coast to Coast, but he wouldn't refund anyone else from before he was on Coast to Coast. What did he show on the live stream then? And, and nothing. Just it was nothing. Just, it was just done. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there ever was a live All stream right, set yeah. up. There were probably no cameras purchased or anything. Nope. <laughs> on July 9th, two thousand eight, two guys, Rick Dyer and Matthew Witten, posted a video to YouTube claiming that they had discovered the body of a dead Bigfoot in a forest in northern Georgia. Tom Biscardi was brought back in to investigate, and then Dyer and Witten received $50,000 from searching for Bigfoot Incorporated as a good faith gesture. Wow, they got a lot of cash. Are they still around? No. So Damn it. Tom, Tom Biscardi did not get this money from searching for Bigfoot Incorporated. He borrowed it from somebody. 
like some person that was just really interested in Bigfoot. Yeah. Tom Biscardi conned him into giving him $50,000. Oh, this is going to be what we have to worry about with Ian if we ever make it big. He's going to be fucking giving his money out to everybody who comes to him. So I'm going to go search for aliens. I'm going to go investigate Skinwalker. Ian's like, here's 50 grand. Let me know. They pulled off getting this story covered by major news networks, including BBC, CNN, ABC, Fox News. I remember this. Soon after the press conference, the alleged Bigfoot body was delivered in a block of ice in a freezer with the Searching for Bigfoot Incorporated team. When the contents were thawed out, observers found that the hair was not real, (laughs) (laughs) the head was hollow, and the feet were rubber. (laughs) Son of a bitch. This was the one I thought was true. I thought this was the one. I was like, this is it. Uh, Rick Dyer and uh, Matthew Witten admitted it was a hoax after being confronted by Steve Coles, <laughs> executive director of SasquatchDetective.com. <laughs> like, what's your end game here? Like, you just stand there like, oh, maybe they won't notice it's rubber and hollow. See what happened? <laughs> I don't understand. Or you know you what just- they need to do is when these people get called out. They need to have him on the Steve Harvey show and let Steve Harvey call him out because he'll give them some looks, some sass and some funny quips. And Ian will be loving every second of it. So I think what the end game here is, or at least what it's alleged to be, is that Tom Biscardi started um, Gabfro, which I can't remember what it stands for. But it was basically like a Google search result thing. So when people search for Bfro, he would come up too. So so he was also eyeing to start like a Bigfoot hunting tour type thing. So the theory was that get this national publicity, it would draw people to at least at the end of the day, they would come for his hunting thing. Maybe make the 50 grand back. Yeah. And Rick Dyer, (laughs) Rick Dyer, Matthew Witten were in on this. Okay. Whole scheme too. Uh, Matthew Witten was a, he was a police officer. I'm not sure what, you know, what his rank was, but he was a police officer. Uh, he was fired immediately huh. for this. And Rick Dyer was just doing his own thing. He was just, <laughs> I think he was a used car salesman, if I remember correctly. That just fits perfectly, doesn't it? <laughs> In January 2014, Rick Dyer came back into the Bigfoot spotlight and said, I'm he- back, bitches. <laughs> By popular demand. <laughs> There's like two people there. Well, you know, like Beefro and all those people were so pissed because after this one in 2008, they started a YouTube channel called uh, Bigfoot Police and they were just calling out. That sounds like a, a shitty reality show on like A&E at like midnight. I know. They're just as bad as the UFO world at like branding and just everything. But the whole YouTube channel was just dedicated to shitting on Tom Biscardi and Rick Dyer, like fighting back against this shit. And then he's back and like, fuck. <laughs> so in two or so in, yeah, in 2014, Rick Dyer came back and he said that he had killed a Bigfoot in September, 2012 outside San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever sees a Bigfoot. The same guy that hoaxed it. Well, now this time he actually did shoot him. Just so happened. He claimed to have had scientific tests ran on the body, saying, quote, from DNA tests to 3D optical scans to body scans, 
it is the real deal. It's Bigfoot and Bigfoot's here and I shot it and now I'm proving it to the world. I mean, he has to be telling the truth this time, right? He said that he had kept the body in a hidden location and intended to take it on tour across North America in 2014. He released photos of the body in a video showing a few people's reactions to seeing it, but never released any of those tests or scans. He refused to disclose the test results or to provide any type of sample. He said that the DNA results were done by an undisclosed lab and could not match its identity to any known animal. I mean, based on all of the information he's provided us, how can you doubt him? (laughs) (laughs) He told you he shot it and killed it and had tests and eyewitness accounts. Also, this studio could be an undisclosed lab if, you know, a bottle of ammonia is sitting there. Oh, you you got a Bigfoot? Yeah, I'll sign off on uh, (laughs) this is an unknown species. Rick Dyer said that he would reveal the body and the tests on February 9th, 2014 at a news conference at Washington University, but he never made the test results available. (laughs) (laughs) After doing a Phoenix tour, the Bigfoot body was taken to Houston. On March 28th, 2014, Rick Dyer admitted on his Facebook page that his, quote, Bigfoot corpse (laughs) was another hoax. (laughs) (laughs) He paid a guy named Chris Russell of Twisted Toy Box to manufacture the Bigfoot from latex, foam, and camel hair, which they, behind closed doors, nicknamed Hank. Dyer earned approximately $60,000 from the tour of the second fake Bigfoot <laughs> corpse. He later said that he did kill a Bigfoot, <laughs> <laughs> yep. but did not take the real body on tour for fear it would have been stolen. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right, man. I believe you. Cool. Go have a good life. You fucking stole $60,000, you piece of shit. This next person that we're going to get into is associated with Beefro and is part of that whole ordeal that we had to bring up about Missing 411 with, um, mm. what's his name? Uh, David Politis. Uh, he, we talked about, he had his hand in Beefro and, mm-hmm. you know, he, that's, people use that as a knock on him with the Missing 411 stuff. In November of 2012, Dr. Melba Ketchum, who um, I later found out is a veterinarian, so not knocking a veterinarian or anything, but when we get into what she's... Hmm, that's interesting. I don't, I don't think Melba Ketchum's qualified to make some of the claims that she starts making. Wow. Hope all you vets out there... <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean it like Fucking shit that. on your profession. I believe his exact quote was, they're not real doctors. I didn't mean it like that's that. That's what I heard. We'll, wow. run the, we'll run the tape and see. We'll run the tape and see. She got national attention when she said that through DNA testing, Bigfoot was 100% real and is a relative to humans dating back 15,000 years ago. The study by Dr. Ketchum suggested that a humanoid cryptid had sex with modern human females that resulted in hairy hominin hybrids. Say that like a bunch of times. (laughs) AKA Triple H. (laughs) She said, quote, our data indicate that the North American Sasquatch is a hybrid species, the result of males of an unknown hominin species crossing with female Homo sapiens. Sounds good. Sounds scientific. A lot of She's H- a doctor. A lot of H words. <laughs> According to Dr. Ketchum, her study lasted for five years, mostly because no one would peer review her <laughs> results for a scientific journal. Couldn't get into cryptozoology today. <laughs> 
<laughs> she went on coast to coast multiple times, um, always pushing back the date of it being released. And, and like I said, like she got the national attention in 2012, but she started this way, way back. Um, she went on coast to coast a bunch of times, kept pushing everything back. Sounds like the guys that run that Promised Land uh, podcast, <laughs> pushing it back, pushing yeah. it back. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> He's building up anticipation to the season finale. <laughs> It'll be out next week. Okay. <laughs> Start calling you Rick Dyer. <laughs> Is that his name, Rick? I didn't yeah. that okay, good. Landed that joke. Woo! Um, I started listening to Promised Land when I was still alive. Still not talking about <laughs> See, now you've upset the ghost of Larry Clark. He didn't get to hear the finale. <laughs> I died at a cliffhanger. Left me hanging. <laughs> she went to some Bigfoot conventions too, put, pushing back the date and, you know, basically just making the excuse that the scientific community wouldn't take her serious. And then eventually she just started no showing Bigfoot, Bigfoot <laughs> conventions. She finally released her report in 2013. Behind a paywall, she was trying to charge thirty dollars for it. <laughs> you know, after all, after you, you know, uh, dragged your credibility through the mud by just no showing conventions. Oh, now I'm ready to release, and it's right. thirty bucks. Thirty bucks. Yeah, because if, if people didn't uh, believe you before, now they certainly do because you, you know, you, you showed good faith by no showing all those conventions. Her website was really poorly designed and people got around the paywall and started to spread it around for free. So she didn't get to scam anybody. The piece written by a team of researchers led by Dr. Ketchum is titled, quote, Novel North American Hominins, the Next Generation Sequencing of Three Whole Genomes and Associated Studies. And it was published in the De Novo Scientific Journal which is 100% a random journal started by Dr. Ketchum herself. <laughs> is it easy to start a scientific journal? I think you can just say that you're doing it. Oh. It seems like that's what she did, at least. Why don't we just add a, a tab on our website, like scientific studies? <laughs> now we have scientific journal. We'll just write stuff. Hmm. Okay, we can do that. Figured out today I can jerk off three times within a half hour with my left hand <laughs> before getting slight tendonitis. <laughs> Stay tuned for more studies. <laughs> You know, things like that. We're just sure. Sure. You can give video evidence. Well, I mean, come on. Maybe on my OnlyFans. The study used 111 samples of alleged Bigfoot hair, blood, mucus, toenail, bark scrapings, saliva, and skin with hair and tissues attached. These were all collected by dozens of people from 34 sites around North America. The hairs were compared to reference samples from common animals, including human, dogs, cows, horse, deer, elk, moose, fox, uh, bears, coyotes, and wolves, and were said to not match any of them. <laughs> At the end of her report, it said, quote, We have extracted, analyzed, and sequenced DNA from over 100 separate samples obtained from scores of collection sites throughout North America. Hair morphology was not consistent with human or any known wildlife hairs. DNA analysis showed two distinctly different types of results. The mitochondrial DNA CM was unambiguously human, while the nuclear DNA was shown to har harbor novel structure and sequence. The data conclusively proves that the Sasquatch exists 
as an extant hominin and are a direct maternal descendant of modern humans. Conclusively. So let it be written, so let it be done. Yeah, if anyone can make sense of what the fuck I just read. I guess so. I heard conclusively. That's good enough for me. The well, vet said it. That's the thing with this is that like when the real scientific community looked at this, uh, they said it was largely nonsense. Like a lot of it just didn't even make sense. It mm. was just words jumbled together. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so they did finally peer review it. They did. <laughs> and they tore it apart. Right to the waste paper basket. <laughs> the biggest argument that they had, uh, aside from it just being absolute nonsense, that the samples were taken from random people all over <laughs> a fucking continent. And who knows how they were handling them or mailing them. And she has refused, even to this day, to give out any of the contact information for any mm. of the people that submitted samples. So, <laughs> Oh, boy. And there's just a solid chance that she hoaxed this herself. People love hoaxing the Bigfoot stuff. That's the problem with the Bigfoot world is there's no credible, like Mm-mm. actual credible evidence. And if you really cared about Bigfoot and the shirt search and the study for it, you wouldn't be taking part in this bullshit because it just... Ruins all of its credibility. You know. Absolutely. You're hurting your cause. Yeah. And then there's the whole discussion on like what to do with a Bigfoot if it does exist. And we find one. Stay the fuck away from it because it's going to kill you. Some people say we should kill it to study it. Mm-hmm. There's like two camps of people. Other people say we should just let it, let it alone or try to capture it to see, you know. It'd be interesting to study it. What does Beefro stand on that? Uh, I think just letting him do his thing. I agree. Why, do we, why do we have to know? Why do we have to know everything about him? Maybe it's more fun not to know. Maybe we should be like aliens and then just capture it and fuck it. Like they do us when they <laughs> fucking take us up to spaceships. Anally probe the Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They go from like, what is this thing to fucking it in 10 minutes? <laughs> just you like Am that? I wrong? You like that Bigfoot? Am I wrong, people? Come on. Well, that's a good point. I like to think we're a little better than that. I just don't humans. understand why the first way that <laughs> aliens always go about studying humans is to fuck it. Like, why is that first on the list? Maybe like 50th on the list. But first, like first thing, like 20 minutes in, you're fucking this thing. Come well, on. anal probe is a little different than fucking it. We're oh, not sorry, talking raping this thing, <laughs> raping it. Anyways. All right. You make good points, Mike, and I don't know how I to vote, refute them. I vote don't rape B- Bigfoot. Well, I can get behind that. Okay. I think we proved his existence here tonight. <laughs> it's interesting how divided uh, scientists are as far as who, you know, which ones believe Bigfoot exists and which ones don't. And so the ones that do, though, because what? a lot of the stuff we talked about tonight was like, you know, sillier stuff. The ones that do believe what what do they usually tend to go to is like real schools, evidence. real science schools. Well, right. <laughs> yeah. But what Actual I'm asking scientists. is what evidence do they go back to and say, like, this is kind of why we think so. I think a lot of it is uh, like the progression of evolution. Mm. They go back to that a lot, that there should be something else. The missing link. Yeah. Um, I know the fact that just national forests and forests in general are fucking huge. You know, something could easily hide in there forever. And like uh, the first one that popped in my head, just, uh, Jane Goodall, who uh, taught Coco sign mm-hmm. language, the yeah. gorilla. She completely believes in Bigfoot and says that 100% there would be something like that. That's good enough for me. Damn. I won't take Melba Ketchum's word, for it, <laughs> no. but I'll take uh, Dr. Jane's word on it. I thought there was maybe a little more 
slightly plausible evidence or, that's or why, stories. That's here. why I asked the question. Like yeah, there must be something, you yeah. know, these people that are educated and, you know, credible people and they believe in it. What what is it that, that they think? It seems like a lot of it is, well, it just makes sense that they it, they would exist, yeah. which is OK. I get that, yeah. too. But all right. Anything's possible. Of course. And I would just like to hear a legit story, though, or a sighting, a credible one. The fact that there's no real physical evidence ever, besides some tracks every once in a while, you'll mm. see a lot of those. And then a, a lot of the sightings, it's like Bigfoot's there, and then it just disappears real quick, and people can't track it or anything. And a lot of people say that that's the reason why these would all be fake stories. You know, that Bigfoot doesn't exist. There's no proof of anything. It's there and it's gone. But then people bring in the idea of what if Bigfoot is an ultra terrestrial being from a different dimension? Oh, that's a new angle. There's a strong <laughs> following of people that subscribe to mm. that theory. Which would mean that they don't need to procreate. So... Their family's back home somewhere else. So the Bigs foot are in a different dimension. It goes back to the same thing as like uh, John Keel with Mothman, how Mm -hmm. he said that it would basically be different dimensions and a portal, but he called them uh, window areas where something like Mothman could slip through. Things like the men in black could slip through. What's the point of slipping through for Bigfoot? Like what's... What's maybe, his game? What's he's coming here for? Maybe he just accidentally slips through. He's like, oh, fuck, I'm stuck here. These assholes, they want to kill me. <laughs> they mock me and they dress up like me. Like there's the whole wormhole thing with like a fold in time mm-hmm. in that when there might just be like this random fold in time for a second and you see a Bigfoot walk past, but then it's just gone. It just popped in for a second. Good uh, good explanations. Uh, anything else? Better than anything Rick Dyer. <laughs> That's right. Provided. Well, that motherfucker. <laughs> like all that stuff's nonsense. This is at least plausible. It's tomfoolery, is what it is. Dave. <laughs> it absolutely. I'm sorry, for the, I'm sorry for the foul language, but it is what it is. It's tomfoolery. <laughs> I think that dimensional stuff's intriguing. I, I was trying to read about it today because I was reading about mm-hmm. you know, the theory of Bigfoot being um, interdimensional and. It referenced uh, the theory of like that the universe is a hologram. Like our our reality is, is a hologram. My reality is flat, motherfucker. <laughs> well, that's what it's. That's what uh, physicists kind of theorize. With that, is that we what we see? It's like being projected on a TV screen, even though it doesn't feel like that. And they base this off of that their mathematical equations. They can solve like theoretical math equations and stuff like that easier two-dimensionally than three-dimensionally math's your strong suit mike what do you think about that well i'm just a mathematician (laughs) myself i can you know five plus five is ten and you know i don't want to bore you with all that sure sure logistics but i don't know what any of that means that i just said that's just what these (laughs) physicists say okay so i just said it what's the whole theory and we might have even talked about this once but they said like if you were like walking around and saw your actual self, you wouldn't recognize you Duh. because like the way you are actually appear to others is not how you appear to yourself. Yeah. What is that? Make that sense with all of this. Is that the same type of thing or is that just hogwash? I don't know, to be mm-hmm. honest. That one always just weirded me out. Like I could walk by myself and I wouldn't even know that that was me because I see myself different than how 
others. I think it's interesting to think about. Had you not heard that before? Yeah, we've talked about that before. I don't know what it's called. I think when we were talking about doppelgangers, we brought that up. But then I wonder how that plays an effect with mirrors. Like, because you're seeing yourself in a mirror and I see myself in a photo. Are you seeing the same mic in a photo that I'm seeing? Are you projecting uh, different attributes onto it? Right. Hmm. We need to clone like, Mike. I know that I by. have like, you know, 22 inch biceps and a 12 <laughs> pack. But like, I'm wondering, like, do you guys see that? <laughs> do you see that? I've never noticed that, to, oh. to be honest with you. No. Mm, see, we're getting somewhere then. Okay. <laughs> I think you 22 inch it. biceps, 12 inch cock, six pack abs. Yeah. No, and, yeah. I've never seen any evidence of any of that <laughs> no. stuff. Well. <laughs> oh, that's gonna be inappropriate. I'm gonna be nice. I was gonna be like, well, ask your wife. <laughs> then I stalled and then I still said it anyways. And you always hear or if you listen to stuff like that or whatever, these physicists sometimes that believe in that stuff will say reality is thin. Something could just poke through. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe all that shit is something just slipping through. Mm. You know what else is thin? The hymen, right, Mike? Am I right? <laughs> Dave, your fantasy terms. <laughs> Those don't exist either. Well, come on. <laughs> the entire female reproductive system and sexual organs are a myth. Holes is holes. They lead to nothing. Our holes is holes, Mike. I agree with See? Mr. Sex himself agrees with me. That guy invented sex. I, I can show you my butthole and Casey Anthony's butthole. You won't be all told different. Halls is halls. Oh, man. Ooh. Would you do that? If you could see hers, would you see his? Sure. Yeah, I think I would, too. You have to, right? Absolutely. Even for the story. Hey, guess what I saw today? Larry Flynn's butthole. Hey, that's not it. Guess what else I saw today? You like what you see up there, big guy? I'm really showing you something today. All right, this was Bigfoot Show. What the fuck did we do? I don't know. All right, we got anything else? I mean, if I think Bigfoot's real, I would subscribe to the you also wouldn't refer people to this episode (laughs) to listen to if you wanted people to believe the bigfoot was real we did not do justice today for the bigfoot community they're not gonna love it no i would say interdimensional because if yeah i think so mostly because i can't understand any of that shit so yeah i'm sure it's possible yeah i believe in bigfoot i have one in my backyard as a matter of fact it's true you posted a photo of it (laughs) Pretty it's an authentic Bigfoot. That's right. I don't know about the interdimensional. I think it's fun to think about. I'm not sure if I buy that. I'm saying if it does exist, that would be my theory because I yeah. just don't believe in Bigfoot as it is. I think there's something going on in the national parks. I don't know what it is, but something's going on. I thought we in that episode, though, said feral people. We all kind of agreed maybe was the cause. Well, doesn't Bigfoot count maybe as a feral person? I don't know. I thought feral people was more human-esque than a Bigfoot would be. But I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, that guy, that Navy linguist, that, that was real. Yeah, whatever someone's out there talking some kind of shit. And then if that's the case, maybe there's both. You would imagine feral people would have more encounters with Big's foot than, <laughs> than us, right? Yeah. Maybe they have like an so, arrangement. Who gets the next, you know, the next stray kill? person in, uh, the, in the national park? 
in the end, this is a PSA. Don't go camping. Don't go hiking. Stay in your house. Limit your physical activity to indoors. <laughs> yeah. Be safe. <laughs> like, just humans don't have any business being outdoors. We are a coddled people. <laughs> and we should stay that way. <laughs> if you need to leave, you go to tar- uh, Target, you go to Starbucks, you get your little mocha joka latte, and then you go home and you watch, you know, Real Housewives on DirecTV <laughs> or whatever you're doing. ESPN or something. There's no need to be outside. Fucking these things will get you or whatever's out there. It's not this. It's the mosquitoes. You make a compelling argument. I mean, I can't refute any of that. I'm Mike, and this is why nature sucks. I like the interdimensional stuff. It's fascinating. We'll have to do a show on that one day. Just it's just hard. And I'll to, sit here and just not understand a word you're saying, but it's hard to comprehend. Like I was really trying to wrap my mind around how reality as we see it is actually just like a projection onto a TV screen or something. Mm. Like it's all it's a I guess what they say a, That's ho- what I'm a hologram. Trying, I'm trying to understand that. I have to read more about that. Yeah. The other theory was too with that kind of stuff is that we never evolved to see or be able to interact with any dimension past the third because there was no need for us as uh, animals, you know, through evolution to evolve past the third dimension to be able to perceive things. But every once in a while, something can slip in and we'd see something. I like it. It is interesting. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we'll evolve it, one day and we'll get there. Maybe. Maybe I'll evolve and watch a movie one day. How about Maybe that? So. Huh? That'd be bad, wouldn't it? Be a shocking turn of events, yeah. quite frankly. We'll see. Don't hold your breath. We'll see what happens. All right. Anything else? We good? People are like, That's you guys had nah, an abomination of a Bigfoot episode. <laughs> exactly what a Bigfoot episode should be. Like. I agree. This was a hell of a time, but I'm a non-believer. So this is exactly what I thought it should be. I mean, what are you going to talk about? There's no one's ever provided. I guess any. that was my thing. Yeah, is right. I thought there was more evidence. Yeah, I right. thought. And there, I guess there's not. We covered the biggest, I guess the most well-known. The incidents. fucking film. <laughs> that's, if that's yeah. what the scientists are, are believing on. Well, I think a, a lot of it is. Maybe the I'll tracks. become a scientist. <laughs> a lot of it's the, the, the tracks, like the plaster cast and stuff. Mm hmm. A lot of scientists say that those can't be faked. Mm. That's their opinion mm. on some of those. Pretty sure. So now could. you got scientists telling the art community what they can and can't do. <laughs> I feel like they're not experts in that. I think we could probably come up with some big footprints. Yeah, I think we probably could. We should do that. That sounds like a good idea. Start sounds putting them all too. over town places. Oh, I like now we're, we're getting somewhere tonight with this uh, stuff. What if we do it like the big footprint? Well, no, because then it, then it becomes a thing. That's all right. I mean, unless we're going to lead it to be a hoax, we probably shouldn't talk about this then. <laughs> Let's just stop here then. Never mind. Who knows where it might go? Never mind. Forget what we just said. Why would we ever do anything like that? Like, that would just be ridiculous. Any hoodles. Uh, what do we got? Some patrons? Shot them out, Mike. Shot them from the mountaintops. All right. Thank you very much to new patrons Gabe Benbrook, Tiffany Loveless, Jesse, Josh Collins. Uh, Maurice Devlin, Natalie Joint, Penelope Coed, or Co- Penelope Code, excuse me, Dixie Normus, <laughs> <laughs> Hellcat, Erica Bruce, Taylor McVeigh, Onyx, Paging Dr. Crutch, Tony Phillips, Nydia Sosa, J1371, Heather Lynn Fraley, maybe uh, related to Ace. Oh, maybe. 
Abby Banks, Ryan, Melody Crenshaw, Taco Mike Hunt, <laughs> Heron Olgin Martinez, Mark Cecciolini, oh, <laughs> Julie Redding, Mitchell Luff, Marcus Jacobo, Dante Chaparro, Jake Faddis, Nick, Jamie, Vanessa Ford, Ghostly underscore Bandit, Jamie Stansifer, Jaina Young, Jim, Rob Dunn, Kevin Crispin, Kelly Slade, Katie Whitmer, Heather Hartman, Dave Ike, ACK, Rhonda Owens, Casey Anthony won't fuck you. Yeah, right, Pally. <laughs> Keisha Stam, Miguel, Ganya Fife, Ashley Rhodes, Russ Vandermoss Peeler, Katie Garut, Damian Taylor, Katie Lee, Leon the Octopus, Jessica LaMontagne, Deanna Strelick, BB Bukaki, V Man Ramirez, Melissa Nicole Martinez, Ali Miller, Nerd Shed Projects, Eating Pink Taco. A lot of taco talk tonight. <laughs> I see that. Chris Armstrong, Lillian. Oh, I think there might be. Nope, that might be a different name. Lillian Cecchio. Oh! <laughs> Gwendolina Calderini and Brittany Fetters. Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate your guys' support. Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Ian, you see Onyx as a new uh, patron? Slam! <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Hell yeah. He's okay. so Can you read Onyx? He's so confused. What? What? Did it, what? <laughs> you read a new patron, Onyx. Hmm. Didn't you? I don't know, man. I just go through the list. <laughs> there might have been an onyx. I'm pretty sure I heard that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm glad they're our patron now. <laughs> there was an onyx. <laughs> okay. He looked well, at me like, what are you fucking talking about? I didn't remember reading the name. I have 65 <laughs> names to read. I literally just go through the list. You could have said, oh, did you read your own name? I wouldn't have fucking known. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Ian, what do you got? For iTunes, I have one for Let's Run a Train on Mike. <laughs> hey! <laughs> what did they say in their review? I'm listening. Uh, they would marry me because they like stories. F Dave, doubt anything is off limits. Kill Mike, then Ian and Dave could do a cool story on you. <laughs> Keep it real, love the show. But they want to run a train on me. Over <laughs> you. I think they want to run a train over you. Is that what it says? <laughs> it says, let's run a train on Mike. On top of them. <laughs> I guess that's what they're going Cut for. Cut half. Because it sounds to me like you want to fuck me. <laughs> you and a group of your pallies. AV <laughs> uh, Cat Drew. Barban Scott, Prinix, Diana Nancy, 714, Liz Kath, all the nicknames were in use, Danger Endzone, and T Fitzgerald 09. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. You know what nickname wasn't taken, whoever that last person was? Mm -hmm. Buy Mike dinner first and then run train on him. <laughs> Seemed like that one was widely open. <laughs> Dave, what do you got? You got something good. Yeah, I got a, a shout out for our friends Ellie and uh, Patrick from Cape May, New Jersey. They sent us some beer from Cape May Brewing Company, some IPAs, some uh, what else is in here? It was double IPAs, oh. which I'm salivating over. Can't wait to try those. Hazy IPAs and some lager. Nice. 
They sent us more than beer. They sent us a package. They did. They sent us some uh, fudge and some saltwater taffy from the fudge kitchen and also in Cape May, I believe, and uh, all in a cool backpack. So really appreciate it, guys. It's really cool of you. It was a backpack cooler. And I'll be honest, that's the thing I'm most excited for. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Ellie and Patrick, because <laughs> walking to do the studio every week, especially when our keg is out and hasn't been refilled and it feels like nine months. Uh, it's been two weeks. Um, <laughs> I always bring a cooler and I think I'm going to, you know, borrow that one for my uh, commutes. Yeah. Very cool, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. They were also very adamant and uh, uh, they sent us a letter, a very nice letter, very appreciative of the show about how they just want it to be known that uh, New Jersey is a fine state and it should not ever be associated with the uh, clowns of the Jersey Shore who are just vacationers and transplants into their uh, their community. People that sound like you. Oh, <laughs> they wish they don't sound like that. They sing about like, you know, T-shirt time and whatever Ron Ron juices and all that stuff. Ron, Ron, <laughs> What's that all about? I don't know. He would Ron would always make some. I, I say this because, you know, I used to watch the, the original <laughs> and I haven't watched the reunions. But Ron would always make some kind of like liquored up punch before they'd go out. And it was just like a fruity drink or whatever. It was called Ron Ron juice. And they drink it and go out and. It's T-shirt time because <laughs> they just walk around, you know, in like their undershirts or their shirtless until it's time to because you don't want to you don't want to wrinkle your T-shirt, of course. Mm. And they go out and they, you know, <laughs> sounds like a great show. <laughs> <laughs> and then you watch them fist bump and then that's it, I guess. And the drama, Dave, you're there for the drama. Is that right? Fucking the one episode, some dude <laughs> legit punched Snooki in the face, knocked her off her stool out onto the floor. Oh, it's not very nice. Yeah. But you're going to tune in to see that. No. Yes, you I, are. I am not. I did. <laughs> he got his ass beat. Don't worry. He got okay. his ass beat. That's fair. They had to blur his face out and everything because he wasn't like a part of the show. Obviously, he's going to sign any waivers after that. Mm. Yeah. Intense show. <laughs> Anyways, that is not the New Jersey that Ellie and uh, Patrick want you to know. Unpopular opinion. Uh, I find Snooki extremely attractive, especially now. Hmm. I don't even know what she looks like now. She doesn't. But I've never found her attractive. No. uh, That's all right. You do you. Yeah. I can't go on this road with you. I'm sorry. I was going to (laughs) say, I'm a JWoww guy, buddy. I'm a JWoww guy. (laughs) Says the guy who doesn't know anything about the show. (laughs) JWoww. I know enough, pal. JWoww and Snooki, I think, had their own spinoff show for a while. The two of them. I missed that one. Yeah. I did not watch that either. I can say that I did not see that. And but now they're all back like they did. They've done like three or four seasons back. You're all married with kids. What the fuck are you doing <laughs> going back to the Jersey Shore? Like, I did you not save enough of the millions and millions you made the first run? Hmm. So they're all back doing it. I think so. At least most. I think the the one chick is not Sammy. Hmm. I don't think she she was like, no, I've moved on with life as most humans do when you grow up. <laughs> You guys are fucking 40 years old going to the Jersey Shore. <laughs> You're going to be a grandpa. In weeks. Like, maybe don't don't go out anymore. I'm just saying, when does it end? When it does doesn't, it end? Mike. I'm pretty Never. sure, like, they're either all parents, married, or, like, sober. Like, why are you still going back? Oh, they're sober. I think, at, like, at the, the one dude, uh, Mike, uh, what's his nickname? Situation. Mm. Like, he was, like, the... the the craziest one. I think he like are in recovery now, hmm. which good for him. Yeah. I don't think I'm going back to the Jersey shore though. Cause if you're not going to bars, what are you 
going there for? Mm. Like just mm. eat some pizza on the boardwalk. Hey, remember the always sunny? Is it always sunny? They go to the Jer- the Jersey Shore. They go on the beach, and there's like needles. And <laughs> Is that where they're eating the uh, the ham? Yeah, those like, like Frank and, and Charlie are on the like the raft, and they're eating a ham that's been in, infused with rum, and they're just like passing this big ham back and forth, taking chunks of it. Dave, you got to watch Always Sunny just for Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito saved that show. Oh yeah, he's so fucking funny. <laughs> All right, we, I can't believe we're still talking. I can't believe we went down a whole just kind of rundown of the show Jersey Shore. Yeah. Well, again, that is not a good reflection of the state of New Jersey. I and don't believe Ellie and Patrick have syringes and needles laying in their front yard. <laughs> if that's what you were trying I to believe, imply. I was not implying that. I apologize for my inconsiderateness there while I was giving you a shout out for this lovely beer package that you sent. They probably are going to be pissed. Like, this turned into a fucking conversation with the Jersey Shore. These assholes. <laughs> no, they sent us an awesome package. Very appreciative. And uh, we'll probably save that beer for next week. And we'll we'll drink it up then. We sure will. Okay. That's all I got. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, at Necronomapod. Amazon.com. Search Necronomapod for all of our merch. And patreon.com slash necronomapod if you wish to become a patron and access the bonus content. We appreciate it. All right. You guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. <laughs>